Relevant regrets. The diner smells of frankincense, baking bread, and cilantro. I breathe in while walking through the space, smiling, my eyeballs rising to the ceiling. I am aroused and everything seems rather sensual here. It is a diner that under several previous owners used to smell of cigarettes, coffee, frying oil, and occasionally of shit. Public bathrooms are not so distinct, regardless of the decade. Humans shit. Icons of every spiritual and or religious tradition appear throughout the decor, along with plants that are featured in the cuisine, nestled among modest round tables and classic vinyl booths lining the perimeter of the restaurant. One half of the space constitutes full capacity as we are still socially distanced. There is an accepted inherent risk being in a public space. Dueling ways of being in this moment consist of elation to be with others and knowing that COVID-19 continues to exist as a threat. After the Rain by John Coltrane plays on a Wurlitzer jukebox. One of the speakers intermittently rises in volume. You get used to this change and after a while, it is just an accepted part of the experience. This place draws different kinds of people as we are bound by a certain vibe that has underlying notes of cannabis indulgence. I see my friend Elsa. She is strong, principled, introverted, kind, assertive, has a dry sense of humor and is rather mysterious. I love her. It feels good to be loved by her. She is good and I am not so good. I am a work in progress, and I do mean I am always working to be better. Occasionally, I succeed, and other times, I overtly miss the mark. I sit down and say nothing at first, but I am gushing as I look at my Elsa. I've missed you, and I'm so delighted to see you. I've missed you, and I'm so delighted to see you, Elsa. We are here for a blessed dessert. There are several choices of pie, including pecan, some sort of dark chocolate and bourbon flight. Oh boy. Elsa seems to notice someone or something behind me and draws my attention with her eyes. I pay attention and note harsh whispers as if a couple is sparring on the down low. I don't really want to hear the content of their conversation. The smell of brown liquor is evident, along with a sense of unease, but not alarm. I breathe deeply and wish them both well for a moment while visualizing taking a bit of their burden and blowing it away. Elsa notices this and also takes a cleansing breath. A server approaches and also takes a breath. I see we are working with our breath. Welcome. Have you had a chance to view the menu? May I take your order? Elsa is looking at her phone with the menu displayed and gingerly grabs her tiger print readers so that she can read the options before her. May I please have pecan pie a la mode and a mug of Mexican hot chocolate? I order the same thing every time I come here. I will also order pecan a la mode with a shot of espresso, please. The server nods at both of us. 
Sparkling or still water? I offer, still please. Elsa is glancing over my shoulder again. My attention moves to the kitchen, which is in full view of the diner, and this is a highlight as it works like a zen hive. People dine here to witness the varied kitchen characters and their collective intent, producing delicious comfort food. They are multi-generational, of apparent varied races and ethnicities. The dishwasher is blind, for God's sake. Their miraculous maneuvers are behind a plastic shield. At least it isn't a shower curtain, less visibility. This is a space of kindness and love and tastiness, and the presence behind me is mooring, and anger rises as the jukebox shifts to another record. Nina Simone's Love Me or Leave Me underscores a feeling of rising anxiety. A slight metallic taste, almost unnoticeable, rises in all of our mouths. Everyone in the restaurant briefly pauses with varying ways of identifying with the taste, and nearly everyone discounts the experience. A few empaths notice and continue their meals with their practice of observance. Elsa shifts her attention back to me. The anticipation of our dessert is divine. Please tell me. Elsa jumps as we hear a fist pound on a booth table. A man, not yelling, steadily says, Well, fuck it. Fuck it, I tell you. What's the point? I want to understand the point. The server returns with our order. Their attention and body shift toward the table behind us but remains in front of us. Folks, is there anything else today? Would you like some tea? Someone answers, chamomile tea for two would be nice. Yes, please. And the check, please. Another voice responds. A man gets up from behind me and heads into the direction of the gender neutral restrooms. He pauses momentarily before entering and quietly closes the door behind him. I whisper to Elsa, I hope this diffuses. Perfidia by the Ventures is booming from the jukebox. Elsa nods in affirmation. I feel compassion for the person sitting behind me and I am wondering if I should turn and offer some show of support or mind my own business. Other people seem to be considering and or performing varieties of these sorts of gestures. It is a nonverbal mashup of well-meaning people, and it becomes almost competitive between two subgroups and observed and responded to by other groups, and it is becoming overwhelming. The man appears rushing toward the table with a large knife of cadaver-cutting magnitude. I assume he must have collected it from the kitchen, but I don't really know for certain. I turn and look behind me. A woman with tears streaming down her face cries, Abel, no! Abel is resolute, the weapon raised. Veins are pronounced. He spits as he yells. My God, we have lost so much. So many. I have done everything you have asked me to do. What the fuck? How could you do this? 
How could you do this? He continues yelling these same phrases in different iterations. The woman continues to cry. Please, Abel, please, please stop this. The woman seems tired, worn, and less surprised than the rest of us. Scared for him. I believe she is scared for him. I am moved. Sir, my apologies for the interruption. Sir, may I speak with you? Oh, fuck this. No, hell no. Who the fuck are you? I am just the person previously sitting behind you. I'm worried about you. You seem really hurt and angry. I wonder how we could diffuse this situation. Is there a way? Is there a way without that knife? Sir, I am asking you respectfully if there is another way to get what you need. Elsa looks stunned. I am hoping all of these people with phones and devices are contacting the police. I imagine there are people who love you. What would they say to you now? Abel's attention is on the woman. Do you hear this shit? Do you hear this shit? I wait. It's quiet. Abel is frozen in an aggressive, angry stance. Sir, I sincerely apologize if I'm offending you. I'm not so good at this. I'm usually the one escalating a situation, not diffusing one. My regrets are only relevant at this moment as I'd like you to come through this with something other than regrets. Something. The woman speaks softly. We have lost a child. Our parents are gone. This relationship is painful and I need it to end. I know this decision hurts you, but I do not see another way. Please, please. Abel begins to weep. Sarah, Sarah. Abel, my name is Jane. Would you sit with me? Would you be willing to put the knife down and sit with me? The police are likely coming soon, Abel. I would rather them find you sitting with me than with that knife drawn. I scan the room. Some people have left. Others nod toward me, and one woman is crying beside a man who is looking straight ahead as if this act makes him invisible. The kitchen and serving staff are in the dining room in front of the plastic shield. A couple of them are wearing masks. Others have their phone cameras on us. I wince. These arms of mine by Otis Redding is playing, and Abel slowly sets the knife on the table with no patrons. He sits next to me and looks at Elsa. No one else moves. He wipes his eyes with both hands, no longer weeping. Now what? This is impossibly fucked up. You do not understand. You don't understand. Elsa offers. I'm sorry. I imagine this is true. I do think it is good that you are sitting with us. And I do believe thinking about people who love you might help. Abel is looking at both of us, smirking. He states plainly, the police are coming and I am a black man. I feel fragile and ill-equipped to manage this situation. 
I muster what I identify as courage. Abel, why don't we switch places? I will be seated in front of you. I will tell the police you are not armed and that you willingly place the knife on the table. Perhaps my middle-aged white lady manners may be put to good use. Abel pauses and Sarah is quiet, body shaking. Abel looks behind his shoulder at Sarah and returns his gaze, looking directly into my eyes. Okay, let's switch. Abel and I both rise up, and he moves to the inside of the booth, and I move beside him. Elsa and I breathe together again, and he watches us with curiosity. Officers arrive with guns drawn and I begin to explain. Officers, this man is unarmed. He voluntarily placed the knife on the table and he is sitting here peacefully now. Please approach him with this knowledge. His name is Abel. Please, officers, Abel is unarmed. The other people in the diner begin audibly responding in a variety of ways. He is unarmed, officer. He's unarmed. Fuck this guy. Fuck you. There's crying and rumbling and arms waving and offerings of prayers and meditations. Distantly, a toilet is flushing. Directions are shouted at our table. All of you put your hands in the air, ma'am. Please allow us to handle the situation. Put your hands up, please. Elsa puts her hands up and I move in front of Abel and press back to lean into his chest holding my arms horizontally in an act of protection. Officers, please, ma'am, listen to directions. I am thinking we will lovingly protect Abel. He will not be shot. I feel Abel move his hand to his pocket, and I feel something hard pressed to my temple and hear something release. Abel has a gun to my head. Sarah rises and turns. I am the one dying today, Abel, not this woman. Initially, I look straight ahead and try to be still. I look down briefly and notice the ice cream that has melted in pools around our pecan pie slices on our engraved Namaste Bitches plates. That was the plan for yourself, Sarah. Now, Jane wants to be helpful. I curse myself. Fuck me. As he pulls the trigger.